The video thumbnail is the image that helps you commit to actually watching the video. And on this episode, we take a much deeper dive into the whole issue of video thumbnails and the strategy behind them with our guest, Chase McMichael, CEO of InfiniGraph. The video revolution is here and it's changing how we do business. Learn how to use video to engage customers and drive results here on the Video Marketing 2.0 podcast with your hosts, Joel Govich and Brendan Carty. And listen for special offers presented throughout the podcast. Hi, I'm Joel Gubich, Director of Business Development at ThinkMojo, and welcome to Video Marketing 2.0, where we discuss the world of videos for marketing and business purposes. And with me is my colleague, head writer, creative story lead, Brendan Carty. So Brendan, today we're going to talk about something that people don't think about often when they're doing a video, and that is the thumbnail and the power of that thumbnail to actually drive viewership and the results that you get from using and creating a marketing video. It's the last thing that goes into creating a video, and it's the last thing people think about, and which is kind of backwards because it's the first thing that people see when they engage with your video. So, you know, it's sort of like you know, overlooking your thumbnail is like uh, you know, overlooking you know a good title to your to your story to your blog post. Let's say, I mean, we see you know, clickbait titles has become like an art form right in online media and the thumbnail is sort of you know the video equivalent of that so it's a uh, it's a really important topic i think it's something that uh everyone in the in the business both marketers and uh those who are promoting products uh themselves can can really benefit from learning from you know and it's it's part of marketing as well it's not enough to create the actual video it's how, and we talk about this a lot, how you could actually use that video once it's done. Yeah, and we've always said, you know, a, a great video means nothing if people don't watch it. And how do you get people, uh, we, we spend a lot of time talking about how to get people to stay engaged with your video once they start watching it, right? Like all those engagement numbers after 10 seconds, how the engagement falls off the cliff. But what if, how do you even get there? How do you get people to actually click on the video in the first place? It's a It's a big challenge that, I think most people just assume like, well, they come to my website, there's a video there. Why not? They're just going to click on it. But you know, oftentimes that's not the case. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be a, a great podcast because I've invited um, our guest, Chase McMichael, who is the CEO and founder of InfiniGraph, to actually talk to us about it. His company, they have a solution for how to use and how to control the thumbnail to drive better results. So, Chase, I hope that uh, you are ready to dive in and, and give your explanation of how to use thumbnails the right way. Yeah, thanks, Joel and Brandon. I appreciate the intro. I mean, first and foremost, uh, and Brandon, you really did sum it up really well uh, about this whole notion of the thumbnail being almost like an afterthought. Uh, and, and and it's no one's fault, really, when you think about it, because the systems that are out there today – um, to, to upload a video, when you, let's break it down to its most fundamental factors. When you upload a video into, you know, let's say YouTube or a culture or a platform or pretty much all publishing platforms out there, uh, one of the biggest problems 
is is that you know um, it, it gives you a very limited choice. Um, there's the you know when you upload a video, there's an opportunity to maybe create a custom thumbnail, or you'll upload a video and it may give you a time slice, so two, three, or four images, uh, and it'll say make a selection and. Uh, and especially if you're a large scale video publisher, you got a resource challenge, which is the fact is, is that how am I going to, you know, I've got 20 videos. We have clients that are doing hundreds of videos a day. So when you start thinking about, you know, how do I handle that? Right. It becomes a huge problem. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, we focus here at Infinigraph on is this whole notion about how are we going to improve the human experience on mobile video specifically? And, you know, the majority of mobile video is a, what's called a click-to-play world, you know, where um, – and, and even like with Facebook, and I'm sure everyone here has experienced the spiraling, uh, uh, you know, loading of death, you know, and, and when someone's, th- you know, scrolling with their thumb, you know, at a video gallery or something, or maybe two or one or two images showing up. And at the end of the day, we call it the, that the digital real estate. And the dig- the visual deal- digital real estate is is paramount because you have a very minimal amount of time. Matter of fact, there's a research study that was done by MAT that the human brain, in within 15 milliseconds, 15 milliseconds can respond to visual objects. So when you if you go like like I I ride the train to the city all the time, you can see kids flipping through their feed like really fast. Because they're able to hyper uh, hyper connect with images and visuals, really like number four, and and when you think about a publisher putting out content or even an individual or even a B two B, that first impression uh, in, is so important. And think about how a human brain works. And we we're very fascinated at you know around here when it comes to how a human looks and interacts with images. And what's going to cause what we call the cognitive response. And, and this is this whole notion about, you know, what we're incessantly focused on, which is this thing called, you know, finding the best visual, lead visual to induce a positive response. So that's effectively what you want to do. You're, you're putting a lead visual out there, i.e. the thumbnail. We, we sort of call, call the thumbnail the old school mm-hmm. uh, word today, where it's a lead visual or a set of lead visuals. Um, and how are you going to create a visual story before that person scrolls by or, or looks at something else, frankly? And you, you think about the statistics. And then they, let's talk about some real numbers. And these are numbers that your audience should be looking at when they deploy a video. What is the click-through rate? What is the play rate? And obviously, there's a whole host of other analytics that goes behind that we, we can get spend a lot of time on. But, you know, like completion and, you know, where there's a mid-roll, and uh, which is a monetization event. But depending upon, you know, where the video is placed is very important. We proved that above, you know, when you publish a video, a lot of people make a huge mistake just putting the video like two, three layers down in their post. Matter of fact, you should be putting your video right under your lead title on your publishing because we, we've shown that you can get a huge percentage uh, just in the engagement level. Um, so that's, you know, you know, one of the takeaways or a kernel is, is that if you're making a video, the first thing you put on your post or your publication, that's the first thing you want to show is that video. Um, and then the second piece, which is really incredible is, you know, uh, the, the problem with creating 
a, a thumbnail? Is this an individual sitting there with a biased point of view? So they're thinking, hey, um, I like, you know, I like this woman and she's holding the product up and, or, you know, there's something that they're, they're choosing or they're going to have somebody that's creatively going to create something and, and they'll try to do some A-B testing, but it's super passive. And you have to realize, and, and especially for large publications, you have approximately about a minute to two minutes when that featured article and or, you know, editorial pick or something like that, where that's getting the max traffic. And then it ramps up very quickly and then plateaus off unless it goes viral. But, um, you know, we had a video recently about the Peyton Manning uh, scandal that re- came right out of the Super Bowl and was doing three million uh, just for that day. Three million uh, page hits hit that uh, we call video loads. Uh, we don't really talk page hits per se. We are all very video centric. But <laughs> what was what was exciting about that is that it had a double pop, and usually we don't see that all the time. Where it's like the second day. And that was one of the all-time great. We're actually writing a case study about that Peyton Manning release and had three different videos on the page. But the point I'm trying to make to the audience here is that, um, you know, that those visuals that people picked, no one liked. And, and, and it's just a challenge of, you know, your, your, who is most important? Is it your audience or does someone that's behind the scenes, an editorial person trying to pick a picture? And we always air to saying it's the audience the audience and and the customer is right especially when it comes to video they're always right i think that's a good place to take a little break and hear a word from our sponsor wistia wistia fest the fest for all things video marketing is just around the corner with three days of forward-thinking content from the industry leaders in video marketing this year's wistia fest runs from june 5th through the 7th in Boston, and it's bigger and more badass than ever. Go to wistia.com slash wistiafest for more information and register today. I think you bring up a point that people have been using video in an old-fashioned way, the same way they sort of used websites, almost statically, thinking yeah, that very, very if I've got it there and I've I've sort of gone through the mud to finally create a video and I've put it there that, hey, you know what? It's going to be magic, but it's not going to be magic if you don't place it in the right place, if you don't change the thumbnail, if you don't do the same things that you're now doing on a modern website. If you're using your website and your video the same way you used an old-fashioned website, you're not going to get the results. Absolutely correct, Joel. And, and and that's the key point that we try to make with our clients is really, you know, rethinking, um, you know, what the video thumbnail is really about. And it's about that first impression, first touch and, and, and making that again, that cognitive response, you know, the mobile video thumbnail or specifically around any videos has been stuck in this static world. Like you mentioned, 15 years, it's been 15 years. And, and we want to really rethink the whole process. And some a couple of confluences happened recently, which we're really excited about, was this, this whole notion of, of, you know, if I can integrate with the player itself, why am I not showing a successive set of images? And, and not only that, why am I not measuring in real time what people are actually engaging on in the video itself? 
So that was a big differentiation and disembarkment from the old school way of post and pray. And that's what videos were. You'd put a video up, pick an image, and that was it. And then people would look back and say, okay, what kind of stats we got? And then now we really have an opportunity to say, okay, what did that specific image achieve in a certain time frame? And this is where we're able to do what's called a real-time A-B test. Um, and we did a thing around, uh, it was a video on David Bowie and his death, you know, and they showed an old school, um, you know, him playing a guitar, but I don't think people really recognized him because most people that think of David Bowie think of him as a different look these days. And so we showed a successive amount of images, four of them, and got like a 95% lift. So what is lift? That means that, you know, the thumbnail achieved only so much levels of engagement. And that's the thing I was mentioning back to Brandon, which is about this whole notion about click-through rate. You know, people so they're enamored with click-through rate. If you got a 10% click-through rate, which is sometimes high for some publisher videos, that means that 90% of the people that went to that page didn't play your video. What a, what a monstrous up, upside. It was like this crazy upside, right? Yeah. Um, it's like, okay, why did they not play the video? And that's what just drives us out of our minds over here is because we're saying, wait a minute, did they not come to this page to play the video? I mean, what, right. is there, what's the disconnect? And we, we finally concluded that it was just the human brain says, is that picture relevant enough for me to commit? And it's happening so fast. And we've just found out that they weren't, that humans were just, you know, when they, they go to the page, they look at it, and then if you look and you match the amount of people that are actually clicking on the video to your abandonment rate on your page, you'll find that there's a really high correlation, uh, which is fascinating. And, and that is just you, the fact is you had that, you have such a brief moment where that visual is going to resonate with that individual in such a profound way that they're going to commit to the video. And a lot of times people get so enamored with headlines and we tell our clients, we say, listen, the human brain is flying at Mach 4, right? When they're able to look at objects and, and your eyes are tracking and, and picking up a lot of different information. But as soon as you ask someone to read, you're going down at the speed of a VW bus, you know, I mean, you're just slowing down and, and it, that's a critical error because at the end of the day, Consumers, especially millennials, are at a hyper rate of consumption, and so it's Too a much very, coffee. <laughs> maybe maybe neuron connectivity because they're uh, they're a digital natives, and so that their neural pathways are much more stronger than maybe those Generation Xers. So so their ability to consume rapid media is even at a higher clip. So asking them to read um, is it, it could be potentially problematic. So again, that that image becomes even more paramount. That's uh, you find that it's yeah. more important to get a uh, whether it's a one thumbnail or you know a succession of of images like you've like you've described. Do you think it's it's better to get something that summarizes the content really well, or something that creates a sense of mystery that encourages? Absolutely! Oh my God, Brandon, you you hit the nail on the head. So so let me describe that. So Kraken. You know, the product that we created here at Finograph um, was came from this whole notion of, of, you know, we have a video clip. You know, a three-minute clip has 5,400 frames. That's a lot of information. Mm -hmm. 
So we want, obviously you can't put up a video and try to test 5,400 frames and, and then expect to catch the ramp before it peaks because we want to catch it in that first minute, right? So one of the hard problems we had to solve was this whole notion of how can we detect and do image and object recognition within the video stream to pick out really crisp and unique sequences. So back to that mystery, like when someone looks to the left or right or they're, or, or they're you know, you don't want to tell the full story. Because one of the things that's true about this is if you cut half your face off, a human brain will, will immediately try to fill in the, the second half of the face. It's just this part of our whole nature of our brain. And that cognitive thinking that's happening in the back of your brain is actually creates a, a degree of intrigue. And intrigue causes action. And we've been able to prove this, which is really exciting. Um, so one of the things that Kraken does specifically is we, we take the video, ingest it, break out all these unique se sequences, and start testing those sequences. But we're not testing the sequences as a one-size-fits-all. And what we found that, like desktop, since desktop is a lot larger, the human brain can consume a lot more digital information than a mobile device. So the time that someone is able to make a decision on mobile is actually faster than desktop. And, and the human intrigue is a very important factor of like showing someone catching the ball versus um, someone having the ball. It's more important to show that they're about to catch the ball. And, and people looking off to the left, like we got into this argument with, a, with an editorial person where he said, no, no, I want to show the, 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 the um, squirrel on the field. When in fact, the, the, coat, the guy chasing and running after a squirrel, but not showing the squirrel was more interesting because you don't want to tell the full story. Sort of like and, the Blair Witch Project. You never saw the witch. <laughs> Yeah. You, know, you, you saw them running in the outside, uh, you know, the looking for cameras falling on the ground. And yeah, yeah totally. it, was, it was great. Uh, awesome point there, Joel. So, so Brandon, I mean, back to your point about this whole notion about intrigue. But one of the things that, that we found out is that individual images are not one size fits all, meaning that what you may show on a mobile, a desktop, different publishers, same video, different publishers, or England and New York, different locations have impact because you're, ha you're, you're dealing with different audiences. And so one of the things that we, we, we actually were able to exploit on with Kraken was this whole notion of let's not to treat the videos one size fits all. So again, no more post and pray, right? Treat the images as individual you know, measurement points where let's find out what the consumers are willing to engage. The key here is, is, you know, depending upon the system you're using, uh, trying to set it up where you may place on your, your post breaking up the video in two or three segments. And then each segment, as someone scrolls down through your page, um, having different start times, but different thumbnails. And what you'll find is that, that, um, there will be one of them that just gets a higher response. And that's a, that's a, that's a, a way of, of a trying this by hand, but being able to optimize your video in a post so that way that you're not requiring someone to watch the entire video segment, but you're breaking up into sequences, but using different 
thumbnails within that sequence within a post. And we recommend that we do that ourselves. And that's just a smart way of when someone comes to a, a blog post, they see a video on your page, and you're able to break it up, but then show different images. You're actually creating a visual story because uh, you know people know it's a video, but they're gonna before they commit to play, they're looking at the image. And we recommend doing that as a best practice. Is just you know for for the home gamers that uh, that are you know doing blog posts or that they can put up video to think of of not just this one linear uh, body of work, but as chunks of work, and how could those visuals, individual visuals, be weaved in as part of the story? Just like as you put a visual on a post to try to amp up the, uh, the response of what you're saying in the story, how could you do that with video? And that's a great example. Let's take another little break and hear from our second sponsor, ThinkMojo. A smart business needs a smart way to connect with customers. That's where smart video comes in. Tell your business story in 60 seconds or less with a smart explainer video that gets results. Go to thinkmojo.com forward slash explainer for detailed information. ThinkMojo, smart videos that get results. I think, I think what you bring up is really a powerful message. And we, we talk a lot about on Video Marketing 2.0 that this is a paradigm shift, that it's not just sticking a video on YouTube and hoping and praying, like you said. And I think what you're, you're saying is that in addition to the video marketing strategy as a whole, that having a video thumbnail strategy is, is a critical component of that overall marketing strategy for that video. Because if, if you're not controlling how somebody is going to enter into the world of the video, they may never enter. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it, and we all, and you know, a lot of people says, well, you know, Chase, Hey, great. You got this technology and it integrates to, you know, big publishing platforms. What about me? You know, I'm just, you know, I'm, I only make so many videos a year and, and I'm always recommending that, you know, and I ask people that write publications, you know, well, do you put up just regular static images? And a lot of people say, yeah, I want to put up images on my page. It helps tell the story. And I said, well, think about your video as a set of, of a large amount of static images. And if you were to stream out your entire video sequence, do you really have some interesting segments that are visually appealing that could be used as part of your publication? And this is, again, another way of, of, of stop thinking about this as being a linear body, but as being snackable pieces of content to support maybe a, a written piece of work. And especially if, you, if your blog post is two, three uh, uh, you know, folds deep, now you have two or three moments to re-engage on the video content using a static image as part of that video post. So instead of having one video that may be a minute to two minutes long, you're going to have three or four put into your blog in a way where you're actually using those, those key images as part of the, the visual story on a sequential order. And, they, and these, are, these are tips that we recommend just because we know that this is something when you start thinking about how I'm going to engage a customer or get someone to commit to the video. And that's what I mean by committing to a video. You're asking somebody to sit back and watch a story and, and, and consume, you know, a full frame, full audio effect, which is, which is no, by no question at this stage, uh, more things have been written about is the number one way to create content marketing today. And so, so how do you craft that? I mean, a, a good example, um, you know, we had some recent successes here just 
and there's a lot on our blog, you know, blog.infinitograph.com. Uh, we have a lot of examples, but you know, we've gotten like hard news. You know, one was the uh, the uh, San Bernardino uh, shooters. Everyone saw that you know mugshot side by side, but in reality, we got a 205 percent lift on on one of the top 10 news sites just by showing the sequence of images that were relevant to the scene. And so, so overused images that have been out there cause mental blindness. Question, Chase, what do you feel, or how do you feel about custom thumbnails or thumbnails that aren't actually from the video itself? Now you mentioned something before about clickbait and the risk there is that you'll essentially let your viewer down. You know, you'll get them in on this promise that the content is going to be about X and it turns out to be about Y, you know, and, and over time, I, I would think that that would, uh, you know, you, you, you would start to lose some of your, your customer base or viewer base because they can't trust that, you know, what you're publishing is actually, or what you're promoting is actually what the content is. So is that a problem no, no, for custom it, 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 custom it's thumbnails? It's a huge, huge problem. Um, we were um, a company called Daily Motion, or sort of like a YouTube company, um, and they're overseas, but uh, out of um, France. One of their biggest problems was people uploading thumbnails that um, really didn't represent the content. And one of the things that we did notice is that those custom thumbnails, um, especially if they're clickbait thumbnails, um, you know, the problem was is that it wasn't a representation. So the completion, it really hurt the completion rate. We, we, we always will tell anyone that, you know, be very careful about, you know, putting something up that may not be actually in the content. Um, and that, you know, it's probably, if, if, if your video is not interesting in itself, why do you feel that someone will even be willing to watch it? Right. You and know? I think that's, you know, there, it's interesting because there's a lot of very basic marketing principles that are at work here. And one of them that you mentioned before is, and I think that the, it kind of sums up the whole thing is think about your viewer. You know, don't think about the image that you would want to to put out there that you think maybe is the, the most captivating picture. You got to think about your audience, especially if they're coming from different parts of the world, you know, what's going to interest them you know, uh, and their perspective. So, and that, that's, that's stuff that when you're creating a video itself, you, you're concerned about where you're creating a website and every segment of marketing all the way down the line. So this just being one other natural extension of that. Yeah. And I, and, oh yeah. I just think the future of video is going to be more intelligence and customization where things inside the video may be altering based upon, uh, you know, where we're really thinking through what a, a visual experience is like, and especially around VR where we're going to see experiences being created based upon behavior. So it's going to be very interesting in the next few years here. I, I'm very bullish on that. I, I think that's a great place to, uh, to end on um, because it really reinforces what we've been trying to get across on this podcast, Video Marketing 2.0. This is a paradigm shift. It's not, it's not the video marketing from before. Things are going to be different. They're going to be so much more automated, machine learning, um, artificial intelligence that are going to come into play, certainly with uh, larger organizations that have the budgets for that. 
Anyway, I want to thank Chase. I want to thank you for uh, for being on the uh, the podcast. This was really fascinating. We could have gone on, I think, for a long, long time. And maybe uh, we're going to have to have you back so we can we can dive a little bit deeper into uh, thumbnails. I know for sure I'm going to be looking at the videos we do a lot differently now. Uh, I don't know about you, Brendan, but um, I'm. Well, I think we need to figure out ways to get boobs on our thumbnails based on what Chase is, is telling us. They seem, they seem to be effective. <laughs> well. I, I want to thank everybody for uh, listening to another episode of Video Marketing 2.0 presented by ThinkMojo. And remember, you can subscribe to this podcast, get complete access to show notes pages and links. And we're going to have lots of those on uh, the show notes for this episode. You can go to videomarketing20.net. That's videomarketing20.net. And you can, of course, download and listen to episodes on iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn. And, you know, we'd appreciate some love, some ratings, because that helps other people discover this podcast. So for Brendan, myself, and for our guest, Chase, thank you again for listening to Video Marketing 2.0. Thank you for listening to another episode of Video Marketing 2.0, presented by ThinkMojo. For more help on how to drive results with video, contact ThinkMojo, the video marketing experts, at info at thinkmojo.com or visit thinkmojo.com for more information.